The views, information, or opinions expressed during the Seeds of Wellbeing series are solely those of the individuals involved and do not necessarily represent those of the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources, or funders, and any affiliated organizations involved in this project. Welcome to a Seeds of Wellbeing Voices from the Field podcast featuring voices of Hawaii agriculture producers for Hawaii agriculture producers. These podcasts are made possible by a grant from the University of Hawaii College of Tropical Agriculture and Human Resources, also known as CTAR, and the Seeds of Wellbeing, or SO project, and is supported by a grant from the U.S. Department of Agriculture, National Institute of Food and Agriculture, and the Hawaii Department of Agriculture. In this episode, we speak with Lavaya Nahie, Director of Hoakeo Lapono Trades Academy, an institute based out of Anahola, Kauai, on Department of Hawaiian Homelands. Hoakeo Lapono mission is to provide the Hawaiian community with cutting-edge vocational training across high-demand trades with a special focus on problem-solving and lifelong learning. The nonprofit is geared toward career technical secondary students and has already partnered with several public schools to deliver its program. The nonprofit was designed to increase employment and advancement opportunities by providing students with crucial building and construction knowledge and multidisciplinary 21st century trade skills. So welcome to the Seeds of Wellbeing podcast. And today I am wonderfully graced by the presence of Lavaya Nahe. Yeah. Did I say that correctly? I apologize yeah. if I didn't. So I'd like to go ahead and um, ask Lavaya, could you share a little bit which organization are you with and how is it related to agriculture? Oh, thank you. Thank you for having, us, having me on. Um, we, I started a pro, uh, organization, Hoa Pono Trades Academy and Institute. We are uh, primarily, we teach all the building and construction trades. Mm-hmm. Um we're connected with agriculture uh, because we're we're also working on um, starting a mahi division of our program, where you know we can get some farming and and um, getting students ready for a career in farming if that's what they wanted to do, as well as building and construction. And how long have you been doing this? Uh, I started the nonprofit in uh, November. Started a nonprofit in November, yes, and uh, uh, I started. I started our program in uh, August. August first was our first day of last year. Of last. Wow, you're very new then. So, what prompted you and compelled you to create this nonprofit? Um, You know, after so many years of being a first a DOE teacher and then um, being a an, an administrator in our public school system Mm uh it it just it was it was tough you know I don't know if anybody you know you work for the state of Hawaii but working for for the state we had a lot of um or as far as the DOE we had a lot of restrictions and you really couldn't do things um so I kind of just said okay I'm gonna step down step away um from from my career and start my own little program. Um, took a leap of faith and 
it, it's kind of paying off. All right. So what area of in agriculture do you think you would your program would make the most impact in, the, in what parts of agriculture? Well, first thing is we're, we're located on Hawaiian homelands. So Hawaiian homelands, um, as you know, we, we used to have like a lot of sugarcane, pineapple and things like that. Um, so just like all the other Hawaiian homelands and most of our agricultural land, it's just kind of dead. You know, they come, um, the plantation, they came and sprayed a lot of chemicals, sprayed a lot of um, fertilizers and, you know, rat poisons and things like that, arsenic. So our soil is that way. Our soil is dead. Um, so we need to revive our soil as well. So we decided um, to take on the task of remediating you know, for, we have 400 acres of Hawaiian homeland here um, that is just dead, dead land. And we're, we took on the task to try and remediate that soil so that we could bring community farming um, and turn it into a household norm. Mm. So uh, that, that's how we're getting into with um, agriculture. We were looking at different um, crops as far as sun hemp, um, different types of legumes, uh, regular hemp, hemp uh, to help us take these, uh, take the toxicities out of the soil and revitalize our soil with nitrogen, working with different organizations and trying to get IMOs, you know, indigenous microorganisms back into our, our system. And, you know, it's a, it's a long process, tough process, but a, a well high need process um, and service that we need to do for our community. So which organizations are you collaborating with to help you? They're helping you do this. Uh, right now I'm working with Kauai Farm Planning um, and a couple of individuals. Uh, we're working with uh, Ivi Kua uh, on the west side of Kauai. Um, we are also working with um, Hemp Solutions Kauai. Okay. And uh, our big one of our big organizations is our the guys the organization is Ali, Aina Alliance. They got the land um, down on Ahola. They they got the RFP, uh, thirty day revocable permit um, to kind of caretake the land. And and we're using this as a prototype, kind of like a catalyst, trying to start start something up. And we can go to other communities and say, look at what we've done here. You know, mm -hmm. we have we have an amazing opportunity because of the autonomy and the ability to be innovative. We're on Hawaiian homelands. I'm Hawaiian myself and I um, am a beneficiary of Hawaiian homelands. And, you know, uh, we, we got Hawaiian homelands all over the state. So if we can do some kind of some type of system here. We can go to other places and say, hey, this is what we're doing. Now, you guys can attempt it. You guys can try it. You guys can do something else. But this is what we're doing here. We're, we're, we're trying to make an entire community, Ahupua'a style um, community, you know, and bring it back into a norm. So uh, if I'm understanding correctly, do you, if what you're doing is sort of like a prototype to try to address one of the key stressors in what we found out in our need assessment is this access to land yes. for the farmers. 
Yes. That, okay. Exactly. We're 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 working on that. Obviously, we we we're building our high school. Uh, so we're we're building a standalone trades and um, building and construction high school that encompasses all the all of these um, all of these other techniques. So that so you're addressing another stressor is uh, the um, difficulty of finding skilled labor, um, yes. skilled labor for Hawaii, and consistently. Yeah. So how can you provide a little bit more details about your trade academy to build a skilled labor force? Yeah. You know, um, I also am a carpenter and, you know, I had my, I had a little renovation, um, just a little business on the side as a teacher, you know, we don't make a lot of money. So on our summer breaks and our weekends and our spring breaks, and we gotta, we gotta do what we gotta do to survive. Um, especially the cost of living here in Hawaii. I've always found that it's very difficult to find labor that is, you know, know what they're doing. And I think that's just across the board. Um, the kids that are coming out of high school, they're just not prepared to enter the workforce, which makes sense because our schooling system is geared to send students to college. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, we're, we got to play around with those games. Um, so if instead, if we can create something where our students can learn it while they're in high school, not all students are going to go to college. Mm-hmm. So we want them, we want to give them a safe place that they can learn these, these skills, these uh, trades mm-hmm. and careers. And if they feel the need or, and while at the same time offering uh, dual credits through, through our community colleges and, and if they feel the need, that, hey, man, you know, maybe I can go to college if I'm focusing on these these uh, CTE programs or even if I want to be a general contractor or, or um, construction manager, mm-hmm. you know, you can just, hey, I can do it. You can go to college. And if not, no problem. You can go to work and we can help you get we can help you get um, into a into a good job. You know, mm-hmm. so that's that's where we we started. Mm-hmm. Um one of the big complaints that I that I hear from not only contractors but um, the CTE programs is guys come in and they don't know what they're doing. They don't, you know, they don't know what they're doing, um, and then it deters the student. Mm. You know, if you're on a job site and you got this new kid that doesn't know what he's doing, all the older guys or the guys that know what they're doing, they kind of go through a hazing phase where this kid just goes and picks up, picks up rubbish, um, picks up trash, go around, pick up trash until you're worth something, you know? And then, and then after that, you got to come over here. Then you get to learn the cool skills and you get to do this, but until you can do all of this other stuff. Um, um, and then, so that deters the students. They don't want to be there. They don't want to be there that long. You know, they're like, yeah. Oh, well, I don't want to pick up trash. Yeah. You know, how long am I going to do this? And you know Again, understandably, those jobs need to be done. But um, just trying to give the kids and these young adults the head up to move on and do something better. So um, you did mention you're a teacher, but I'm also assuming you're also a farmer. Well, not not, not necessarily. I'm not a farmer. Uh, I grew up farming Kahlo uh, in Hanalei. Uh-huh. Um, but... Uh, 
I wouldn't consider myself a farmer. No, oh. I, I, I do want to, I see the need with the farmers. There's a high need for that. And there's a high dependency on um, imported food. You know, uh, I see the need that we got to change that. Mm. Um, so if I'm, no, I'm not a farmer, but I got friends that are farmers. <laughs> yeah. And then, you know, the, the, I'm expe- I expect, and from conversations that I had with these farmers, is that it's hard for them to get labor as well. Yeah. You know, so if we have a, we have a place where students, where we can corral the students that are looking for these types of career choices, then everybody in our Ahupua, everyone in our community, everyone on our island can uh, benefit from something like that. Even if, even if these students, let's say we don't have a farming program, every farm needs something to be built. Yes. So, you know, you're going to have to build barns. You're going to have to build storage. You're going to have to build this. You're going to have to build that. You're going to have to plumb. You're going to have to plumb your irrigation. You're going to have, so when, when people say, oh, well, farming and this is different. It's like, it's the product is different. Mm -hmm. But everybody needs to build infrastructure. Everybody needs to build capacity. Everybody needs to be able to grow. And without being able to build, you're going to have to pay for that. You're going to have to pay somebody to come in and build that. Or you could build it yourself. Mm -hmm. They're both stresses. They're Mm -hmm. both stressors. So what kind of stress do you want to have? If we can give you, if we can bring, teach students to farm and build things, then they can be innovative. You know, that's where the innovation comes. It comes from learning how to do the skill. Once you learn how to do the skill, that's when, oh, I know how I can make this faster. I can make this cheaper. I can do this, this, you know, all of the innovation comes after you learn the skill. Yeah. So we teach the students the skill. We teach the students the innovative mindset, the entrepreneurial mindset to, hey, how, how can we make our community better? Mm-hmm. And we teach them in our in our program, we teach them community first. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, what I have found in the short time that we've been doing this is that the students really, really take on to community style learning, mm-hmm. place-based learning, project-based learning, hands-on learning. They really take on to those things. Um, we do things as a, as a program where we, so kupunas, they call us up and say, hey, you know, my window is broken or my door is broken or my bathroom needs to be bigger because um, my mom just got into a wheelchair. And then we're like, OK, guys, let's go. So we go over there, fix some window, fix a door, add an ADA ramp. Uh, we've done decks. You know, we've done remodel for a bathroom, you know, to allow allow Kupuna to be able to roll in and out with and, and be able to roll right into their shower. So, um, and they, they, the kids love that. And you know what they get paid? They get paid lunch from grandma oh. and they, and they love that even more. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, yeah. it's a, it's a blessing to see that, that. So I think what you're touching upon is a really important point about versatility and that yeah. allows for creative problem solving. Because as a farmer, ag producer, you're constantly doing this problem solving. And like you say, the, the more skills you have under your belt, the more confidence you have to be able to navigate through stressors or challenges, whatever they may be. Absolutely. Um, so can you give us an example of what a, a week is like if somebody joins your program? 
a week. Uh, we, we start our mornings, you know, we, we'll start off with a day. We start our mornings off with a briefing, safety briefing, um, uh, stretches. Uh, we go over our, you know, lesson plan for the day. Um, our interns, you know, then go to work or whatever we're working on. Uh, they get the regular breaks. Um, and yeah, it's like a, it's like a regular work day, except we're a lot more educational as opposed to a lot more laborious. So it's, it's very hands-on. So there's not a, very there's hands-on. not a curriculum or modules or something we, that we, just- we, no, we do. We do have a curriculum, you know, we follow, we follow standards and we do have, um, but what separates us is if I have a student for eight hours or six hours, this is six hours in a day, and um, it only takes three hours a week mm-hmm. to meet the hours that this student would would need for a credit, one credit. So if I have a student for six hours in a day, mm-hmm. uh, I can teach two credits. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so our classes can be. That brings a lot of innovation. Our classes can be two hours of, of work in the morning and four hours of, of hands-on work. And some days it's some days it's the whole six hours is hands-on work because mm-hmm. we've done we've done the front loading maybe Monday and Tuesday, we've done the classworks, you know, stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Wednesday, Thursday, Friday is pretty much all just just getting these things done, you know. And mm-hmm. and in between, we make sure that we are. We are giving critical feedback mm. at the time, in real time feedback. Like, okay, you know, now let's, let's set this these nails in. One perfect example was we was doing um, we were doing siding, and siding you're gonna have to putty all your your nails mm-hmm. in after. So what our guys did uh, was they put up all the siding, and then they had to come back and set all the nails. And, uh, you know, that, that was a good learning experience for them. It's like, okay, now what is faster? If you put your side, one piece of siding up, you shoot your nails and then set your nails and then move on to the next, or is it faster to do all your siding and then come back and set your nails in? And then they're like, well, you know, we could have just done it at the same time. I was like, exactly. That would have been much faster and efficient. And that would have actually helped you think ahead. So we, we like, we encourage students to, go out and try to do these things and we encourage these little micro failures i think we call them um because then that's when the real learning happens is when you know you you make a mistake or you 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 weigh the two options you know as as educators we like to reflect right mm-hmm. what's what could have done what we could, could we have done better what worked well what are we doing in the future so when when they get that reflection that's when they think oh wait mm-hmm. oh yeah that that would have been much faster for us and less tedious so um that's just one example of you know offering real feedback at you know at the time as oh, as opposed to something later that's great. And how many of these, your students so far have the interest in also going to farming and doing ag production or ranching? It, of, of, well, my interns, I, so we have a high school, we have high school students and we have interns, students that have already graduated high school and they're, they're on scholarships through various other organizations. 
We have four of them right now. And of them, all four of them like farming. They like farming. They like all of that. So, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's, the need is high right now as far as in our in our system they they're in the program to learn building and construction but as we're going we're building one we're building our high school at the same time and we're building our farm areas a part of our curriculum will be having to manage these farm areas for for you know for the high school and i think it's it's kind of just showing them here's all of your options you know, here's mm-hmm. here's all of the techniques and skills you're going to need to run these options. What do you want to do? Our hope is that everybody becomes a farmer in their own yard, mm-hmm. you know, in their own homes. We, that's that's our hope. Our hope is that, you know, you can use utilize this building and construction to to make your money. Then you can go home and and you can farm in your own backyard. Not only that, but you can take whatever you farm, you can feed your family and potentially bring your farm, uh, bring some of your produce um, to sell as at a farmer's market or as bulk. So one of our students actually has his own poultry um, business. So he, he sells, he, I think he said he sells eight dozens of eggs, eight dozen eggs a week. Uh-huh. Um and this, he's, he's 18 years old, Yeah, <laughs> 18 years old. He's been doing this already, you know? Um, so we are, we, we, for him, we've done a couple of chicken coops, trying to teach him how to make chicken brooders, chicken coops, how to, how to maximize our off grid systems, like harnessing solar power, wind generation, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I think the next step for him is working on the entrepreneurship of it. Yeah, yeah. You know, because right now he's just selling, he's selling eggs to, you know, one auntie, <laughs> you know, one auntie always come by, buy eggs from him and mm-hmm. um, farm fresh eggs. And yeah. so I'm like, okay, well, how do we step that up to our next game? So, uh, so what are some of the challenges that you see you're, you're foreseeing to really get rolled this out and the sustainability of what you're trying to do here. One thing I'm seeing here uh, being on Hawaiian homelands is that all of the water has been diverted. You know, a lot of the water has been diverted. Um, Our reservoirs have have been decommissioned. Um, So we we have a lack of water. Our soil is just trash. Our soil is trash. Um, So those are the two main issues we face. Mm-hmm. uh water sucks mm-hmm. and our soil sucks so how do we get that back what are some innovative techniques that we can use um that can help mitigate some of those issues um and so said, what are the some of the solutions that you some of the solutions are you know these korean style methods of farming um we w- one thing we're we're trying to develop is a, a program that we can actually house up at our reservoirs um, so that we can utilize these man-made reservoirs. Um, uh, the issue with those is they need 24, 24-7 um, maintenance. Mm-hmm. So they need pe- pretty much people to be there all the time. Thank Yeah. Nice, sweetie. Sorry about that. Um, and, and, you know, funding, 
it's hard to get money and it's hard to find people for a lot of these farmers and a lot of this, it costs a lot of money and um, trying to find the resources to come in and, and build it is, is a lot. So we decided, well, why don't we just train our students to do it? Cause they're going to do it anyway. Why don't we just train them to do it? And, and then they can, again, hope our hope is that they will come up with more and more innovative ideas, Mm -hmm. concepts, and, and put them into work. I think that's, I mean, that's really interesting because, you know, farming is such a resource intensive in many different ways, your time, your labor, your supply, you know, physical, manual, um, um, what was it like uh, material resources as well. So you're, you're sort of what you're trying to do, if I understand correctly, is encourage a mindset um, and develop these skills where given limited resources, how can you make potentially make it work or be creative? And yeah. some of these. Absolutely. And, and I think one thing about farming is that I think everybody gets away from is everybody right now is training farming as mine and yours. You know, I mean, it, I, it's the truth. But if there was a more community style farming um, system, then I think we could, you know, resource share um, and labor share right when it's time to when it's time to we all come and it's time to harvest product mm-hmm. we all can come over there and help you harvest this product right because we're all in this together um so yeah going back to mindset and community mindset we want we want to change the mentality from mine to ours mm. And, and so it sounds like you're, it's like some folks who are, let's say, devil advocates will say, you're trying to go back to the past. We're moving forward to the future and the future is all about technology and big data. So absolutely. what you're trying to do is getting people to do back home gardening and home farming. Or- well, no, I mean, what, what's the difference? You know, what's the difference between having an aquaponic system in your backyard? Yeah, there's, there's no difference. You can have an aquaponic system maximizing you know, your the 21st century technology, you can have the lights, you can purchase the lights that can help give artificial sunlight. You know, there's no difference. It's just we're encouraging people to, to go and figure out what works best for you. One thing that we've done a horrible job is we've done a horrible job mixing our culture with technology. Mm-hmm. We've done a horrible, it's either you're going to be cultural or you're going to go 21st century. It's not a blend. And we need to change that mindset as well. It's not, it's not about just these. Yes. I I believe we need to be innovative and, and we definitely need to, to take on the past cultural experiences and successes because we were successful, very successful for someone to tell me that, Hawaiians would not have evolved or been innovative. I kind of just shake my head and said, no, I absolutely not. I, I believe 100% that my people would have been innovative and they would have kept up with modern, you know, technology. We were the first state to have electricity in, in our, in our, in our palace. Mm-hmm. You cannot tell me that's not innovative. You know, we had electricity before the white house, mm-hmm. you know, and then we, we got, we came to Hawaii because of innovation. Mm. We jumped on canoes 
we followed the stars. Mm -hmm. We came and we cultivated islands throughout our way here, stopping mm -hmm. at these various points and then moving here. Mm -hmm. So when, when I hear those things, I, I kind of just shake my head and say, oh, well, then we need something better than that. Mm -hmm. it's, it's not you're going to do that or you're going to do this. It needs to be together. Together. So that, that's also the issue with, let's say, the small farmers with the big ag. So yes. how do we have big ag and small ag work together? Because it seems, again, that dichotomy of you and you know me, this separation. Well, you know, I mean, uh, on Kauai, it's what well, trust. I think we I think that's established. There needs to be trust. It's people don't trust big ag because of the past, you know, mm -hmm. and farm small farmers they just feel like they can't compete mm -hmm. with big ag um i think if everyone went to the community style farming you know these small farms now become big farms mm -hmm. you know these if everybody works together these small farms become big farms um opening up the dialogue with how are we going to help each other you know if mm -hmm. if it's if it's you versus us then that's fine too but I would prefer it not to be that way. You know, uh, it starts with a, you know, it starts with a bunch of conversations. The first few are going to be very hurtful to a lot of people's feelings, and it's going to be very emotional. But once we get over those emotional uh, conversations, then we can have like, okay, what are the next actual Ho'oponopono steps that we can take to move on, move forward? Mm -hmm. um, and, and, you know, lay out everyone's intentions. Some people want to make money. Mm -hmm. Some people want to help communities grow. So, yeah. you know, obviously everybody needs to survive. Mm -hmm. So um, currency is, is really big, but yeah. Um, yeah. That's a good question. You know, how do we, how do we all get to the table and say, look, mm -hmm. this is what we're doing. This is what works. This is what doesn't work. This is what we're doing. This is what works and what doesn't work. How can we all work together? And um Obviously, I, I, you bring in that community mindset, a lot of things can change. So, um, so is there anyone who's sort of spearheading or trying to have these open dialogue that is willing to be in the trenches and work through these challenging, difficult conversations that needs to be had? Because everybody's you know, talking about them. <laughs> but it's... Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> One thing that we, we don't have here um, is kind of we're seeing big ag kind of like leave you know we have monsato uh you know all the seed companies out on the west side we don't have much um much farmers here uh big as far as big ag farmers here in Kauai that i know of and i'm not you know i'm not big very big in the farm game right now but you know i would love to have those conversations because i'm not a farmer mm -hmm. you know i'm coming in i don't have a bias you know i just want people to work together but that's it. Mm -hmm. I, I don't, I don't have it, it to me. It doesn't matter what you grow to me. It doesn't matter. You know, all those other things people fight about those things don't matter to me. I just want them. I just want them all to work. You want uh, just, you want harmony and I, everybody to come together. <laughs> I just want them to work. That's it. I don't want it to like not work or something be broken and, and then blame everybody, somebody else. Yeah. Everybody's pointing fingers. I was like, okay, well, yeah, I'll be the first to say, you know, it's my responsibility to, you know, to work on our students 
to cultivate something better, which is why I quit my job to start something like this. Mm. You know, it, it is my responsibility. Mm-hmm. I went to college to learn how to do these things. And I became an administrator and an, a teacher and an educator because I wanted to, I, I, I set that as the responsibility. Mm-hmm. Nobody else told me that I'm going to do this. I set that as myself, as my responsibility. And I expect that. I expect people, if that is your profession, to do what professionals are supposed to do. And uh, again, I felt like I needed to step away. Mm-hmm. And some people just need to be leaders. Um, mm-hmm. So anyway. is in your academy, are you providing the conditions and context for the students, whoever's involved, to rediscover their kuleana, their responsibility then? We definitely, we definitely work on that, you know, by teaching you know, we got cultural practitioners coming in and okay, sweetie, give me one second. Um, we have cultural practitioners that come in and they teach these, these practices. Um, we have, we have, commu- we have open communication with our students um, and our interns. We try to, we try and change the mentality. Um, you know, again, it's our, it's our seventh month of operation. We feel like we're doing a really good job um, so far, mm-hmm. but you know we we constantly got to grow. We've had our ups and downs. We've constantly got to be innovative. We've we've constantly the teachers got to get coaching too. You know, teachers have to improve. We cannot just stay stagnant with the things we teach. We we have to be able to improve. Yes, we start small and we add things uh, more and more. Um, you know, one thing we offer is just trying to change the mentality is we we offer financial training and teaching mm-hmm. our, our interns. They have opportunities to start their own investment accounts. Um, we op- we op- open and encourage them to have checking and savings account, teaching them how to manage their budgets, mm-hmm. personal budgets. If you can manage your personal budget, you can manage a business budget, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's that's how we try to to shift the mindset i don't know if that answered your question yeah yeah it is uh, you're getting at the heart about intentions and values like so Mm -hmm. work is not just like something that i do to make a living and having an income but it's more than that it's Mm -hmm. if i'm understanding correctly it's like your work is actually your life and it's integrated (laughs) you know it's funny before they used to you your name used to be shoemaker your last name is shoemaker, right? Because yeah. you made shoes. That was your life, your yeah. whole entire life. Your grandfather did, your great grandfather did. It was passed on generation to generation, generationally. So and we we gotten away from that. You know, people obviously times change, careers change, but you know, I think I think our bodies and our DNA want to be doing those things that are helpful. And, and that we're, that we, we've kind of been doing, you know? Yeah. So, you know, this project of ours is focused on, well, not just focus on, but it's also trying to understand and raise mm-hmm. awareness about stress and well-being mm-hmm. for our ag community. Um, what would be a solution or some ideas that you could offer to increase stress, um, decrease stress and increase well-being for our the, community? The number one stressor, I am when talking to people and that could be biased because of the program I have, but 
the number one stressor I have when, when talking to people is they just don't have enough people to help or they don't have enough labor. They don't have enough people that want to get into this. So a lot of the farmers feel like they're just going to, um, it's a dying, it's a dying breed. Mm-hmm. Because of this access to skills, consistent labor. Yes. Yeah. So they, and you know, it's tough. Being a farmer is tough. Yeah. You know, it's very difficult when, when you can add 21st century technology to things, you know, and you got, you, it's, it's much easier. I wouldn't say easier. It's, it's much cleaner mm-hmm. um, and less back intensive when you have a hydroponic system and you're, you're, let's say you're raising or you're growing lettuce mm-hmm. and heads of lettuce and they're on raised tables. You don't have to bend over to pick them up. Right. You got the water flowing through, you got closed loop systems that can, you know, ebb and flow through, um, through your, your system. It's not, and you don't have to go into the dirt. You don't have to get dirty, you know? So I, that's the one stressor I've, I've been. And again, I am a, I am a workforce development program. So maybe that's why, you know, I'm, I'm getting all the guys that want more labor that want more trained professionals coming out instead of, trying to just who is going to do this uh you know if we have a circle at you know like our school if we have a pot that we we identify students as okay these guys are either going to go into the cte field in college and they want to take the college route they're only going to go for a certificate or an associates or something like that yeah um and if we have um building and construction workers, right? Or, or farmers, but we have a place that guys can come in and say, Hey, you know, we're looking for farmers. Well, come over here and, and come, come one, come give a presentation to our students Mm -hmm. Two, see who's interested. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, if we get a good, which I'm sure we will, we'll, Mm -hmm. we'll get a big, uh, big turnout of guys that want to farm we have a big turnout of guys that want to just do building construction we want we got guys that we got guys that do the hybrid of the two um i think that's that's girls too oh yeah and girls yeah uh oh and we do have girl uh all female programs as well so oh okay yeah yeah so um yeah, you know, you know that's the biggest stressor I feel, and I or I see it when I'm when I'm talking to farmers. But then again, mm-hmm. I have there's I'm I am a career readiness program, right? Yeah, so when yeah. they talk to me, it's there's it, it it's like the agenda's already planned out, you know. Yeah, yeah. So we don't really we talk some about mm-hmm. land, but all the farmers I talk to, they have land. Mm-hmm. Uh, we talk a little bit of, about water, but the guys I talk to, they already have their water situation figured out. They just need help. They just need help being able to harvest. One of the farmers, one of the farmers um, that I talk to is um, he, he has these big, uh, sorry, he has Gerber, actually Gerber is a tarot farmer on the big island. Mm-hmm. Gerber wants to purchase um a thousand pounds of taro from him a week. A week? Wow. Uh, oh, I'm sorry, of poi. Yeah. A thousand pounds of poi a week. And he can only produce now six to 700 pounds. Mm. And, you know, that's, he said, if I was to add another 300 pounds, there's for me and there's two of them, for me and him to be able to do, we cannot do it. 
Mm. And I said, oh, okay. And you know, that's losing out on a lot of funding, a lot of money, a lot of resources. Yeah. Um, but also it's, it's hard. Mm-hmm. Who wants to be a tarot farmer to get all dirty, you know, <laughs> unless you teach them, mm-hmm. unless you make it a lifestyle, like, mm-hmm. you know, this is what we're going to do today, guys. We're all going to get to the tarot patch and um, we're going to get dirty or we're all going to go to the hydroponic system and we're going to, you know, work with, work with some of those systems. You know? yeah. So I think the more exposure there is, the better it'll be all around all right. But it feels like you are feeling a niche that is very much needed and the skilled labor force and workforce development. So is yeah, there, you, yeah. Well, is there anything else you would like to share as we wrap up this, um, our discussion and talk story? Um, you know, that that's about it. You know, I think, uh, the, the biggest issue that we need to do um, if, if there is anything that needs to be fixed is the mentality, you know, the community mentality, uh, Hawaii was very thriving, um, when people work together. And I think people in general are just better when everyone works together. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so that's, that's the one thing that I'm really focused on trying to, trying to change with our young, with our young men and women or those mentalities, like it's not you versus the world. Yeah. We all live on this Island. It's an Island. So there's no way we cannot, what you do directly affects me here. So we need to make sure what you do is Pono. What I do is Pono. And if anybody needs help, we work together. Um, That's, that's the one thing that I would, I stress with, with our, with our curriculum, with our program, with our teaching, it's, the individual gets you nowhere. And that's something that I credit to football, playing football. Playing football, let me know that you could be the best player in the world. Yeah. On a junk team, you guys will not win. You will be successful as an individual, yeah. but your team will not have success. Wow. And, and I, feel, I view our community, I view my team as a football team. You know, everybody has their roles and everybody needs to do them as good as they possibly can. And we strive for we strive for that that excellence. Now, if whether it's achievable, yeah, you know, but if, if we strive for that, mm-hmm. that's that's what we get. You get what you put in. So on that note, I'm going to end our talk story. We want to thank our guests for their generosity and manao. We also want to thank all our ag producers throughout the islands and especially those we have heard on the podcast for discussing ways they address the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual dimensions of Hawaii ag production. Each story, each voice contributes to a broader understanding of what it takes to survive and thrive as we feed our communities. Wherever you may find yourself within our island agriculture economies, if you would like to share your story in our podcast, please contact us. Thank you for listening to the Seeds of Wellbeing Voices from the Field podcast featuring their perspectives of ag producers throughout the Hawaii Islands. If you have found it helpful, please follow, like, and share this episode with others. And if you have any ideas about how we can make it better, please let us know in the comments or use the link on our website. Mahalo for tuning in. 
The intention of these podcast series is to create a safe space for respectful and inclusive dialogue with people from across a broad and diverse spectrum involved in growing and making accessible the food we share together. A diversity of voices, perspectives, and experiences can serve to deepen mutual understanding, to spark creative problem solving, and provide insight into the complexities of our agricultural system. If you, our listeners, have experiences with Hawaii agriculture ecosystem from indigenous methods, permaculture, smallholder farmers, to large, including multinational agricultural industrial companies, and everywhere in between, and you would like to share your story, please contact us. We welcome your voices and perspectives. So I heard through the coconut wires that uh, you... You guys won an award or something? Can you share a little bit about what that was award was all about? Oh yeah, so uh, we we entered a competition through Shamanade. It's the um, Hogan Entre- Entrepreneur Program, uh, sponsored by uh, American Savings Bank. We we got first place um, for our project and our our design and our plan. Um, so. Uh, what that tells us is that, you know, we don't just have an idea. We have a plan um, that one, you know, we, we feel like other professionals in the business and nonprofit worlds uh, felt like this is something that we could get done through our school Mm -hmm. uh, by building our own school. And then by being, being able to help not only building and construction, but farmers get labor farmers get, get uh, support, um, whether it's somebody calling up and, hey, you know, we need some help. Can you help us? We got a community thing coming up. And like, of course we can help. Of course we can help. That's what we're here for. We're here to help serve the needs. So, so, yeah. so if anyone wants more information about your program, where should we look? Uh, we are on our, we, our um, website will be open coming up, launching next month. Um, we do have an Instagram, Ho'a Ke'ola Pono. Um, yeah, and, and that's what we got so far. We're, uh, like I said, we're really new. We're, we're a startup and uh, more things to come. And just we're, we're learning them as we go. So uh, right now we're just on, we're on Instagram, Ho'a Ke'ola Pono. And uh, our website should be dropping next, next month within the next week or so. Well, congratulations. Very well deserved. Thank you very much. Thank Thank you. Thank you very much.